Jim Harbaugh just signed a new contract. I guess he did earlier today, but uh, just looking at the ESPN top headlines, and he's number three. Yeah, I saw some debate about how much it says eight million, but somebody else said it was seven million. That it was a little smaller because the buyout apparently is really low. It's like three million dollars on the buyout, which is not very big. Not very big. Starting immediately. What what yeah, I had read why it's down. actually what is why it's actually eight million. Like James Franklin. They get paid $7 million. Every year, Michigan puts a million away for his retirement. James Franklin, same thing. $7 million is what he is compensation. They give 1.5. So the total compensation is eight and eight and a half. But they only receive real-time money, $7 million. Seven. Isn't it weird? It's like $7 million. He's not a top. Like, $7 million is a shitload of money in Ann Arbor. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had told you, uh, you know, when Jim Harbaugh got hired, is this his second? Is this his first extension or his second one? Did he sign an enormous contract when he first got there? Uh, this feel, you know, if I told you however many years it's been now, I guess God, he's been there a while. Well, he's been there since Tom Sula. I mean, if this is yeah. almost it's going on eight years. It has guy. to be his third contract, right? Yeah, I, I think it is his third contract. So if I told you his third contract extension was seven million dollars, you'd go, "That's weird, right?" Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, but it's, uh, they, it's, it's a weird. He's weird. I mean, it's just yeah, it's he's just weird. weird. They're weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. You know? It's a good match. It's a good match. Yeah. Speaking of matches, uh, have you watched the everyone's buzzing, John, about the Tinder swindler? Have you have you watched the show? I have not watched it. I watched the preview and I was like, ah, eh. but it seems like the whole world is watching the Tinder swindler. Tindler, yeah, I, Tinder, I, I watched, Tinder. I think, like you, the trailer. Then it was intriguing enough. I thought the trailer wasn't terrible. You know, you, you've been happily married and together for a long time, so you, you never dabbled on the old Tinder app. As someone who, you know, dabbled a few times, it was actually even before we had a radio show when Tinder was really hot in like 12, 13, 14. You know, it intrigued me. Uh, but yeah, what would be your number, significant other, excuse me, like just someone you're randomly dating or even like some guy you're in business with, but, but you just don't know that well to randomly give them some cash? So what's the situation? You had to explain the situation for people. Well, he's who don't. A, he, he a Tinder needs swindler. I, I don't really know. He like needs help. People are after him, like the Saudi. Someone's going to kill him. He's he's got problems. Can I have some cash? Bill to Mickelson? help those problems out. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy, the guy goes on Tinder, meets a woman, then says, "I'm in trouble. I need some money," and gets money out of them. He uses Tinder like uh, the cryptocurrency you know, uh, criminals used to take over people and get free gotcha. cash from people. Like it's, he, he used, he's like a scam artist. Basically. So we got, we've got the guy, the producers of the Tinder swindler believe that he scammed up to $10 million out of victims. Yeah. Okay. He's a good, he's a good swindler slash uh, scammer. And your, and your question is, what was your question again to me? Your hypothetical? What, what number? I mean, guy, he was asking for 25 to 30 to $35,000 and getting women to give him that gotcha. amount of money. Gotcha. And so uh, he says to me, I'm on a date, and somebody says to me, I need money. What's the most I would just give somebody I didn't know? That's the question. No, he, does, he doesn't just he, – he doesn't date – like, he, he gets into a relationship with them. They sleep together. They're, okay. they're together for a little bit. So he, gotcha. he uses, like, you know, the power of, you know, a relationship, has sex with them from what the trailer made it play out to be. I don't think it's just, like, one date, then he gets the cash. So he, he'll sleep with them. Gotcha. They think they're kind of in love. He goes all in. Then he gets like the 30, 40 grand, and then he's fucking gone. Yeah, I got to know how long. If we're talking like month two, what would I be willing to give somebody after two months? Yeah, I think, it's, know? I think it's around that time. I'd probably, like if I'm really trying to be honest, like I don't really know the scenario. I mean, you could convince me that I'd give somebody a couple thousand dollars after a couple months. Yeah, if someone was in a major pinch, I could see five. If you thought, like you you trusted this person, you know? There's just been enough of the Tinder swindlers and Bernie Madoffs in our lifetime where it'd be really hard for me to trust randoms. Who I didn't have like seven people that I've known for longer than that vouching for, right? It'd be hard for just me and this person to fool me. Right, right. I would need like three other people, mutual friends or a family member to be like, I'd go to bat for this guy. Well, so the, po money the, po too? 
situation. Somebody else brings you in. Yeah. The birdie made off of Tinder. Uh, Roy on the stream says, I saw it. He was clever. He was having different women to pay for other women on different dates. Yeah, he's surprised. This guy was this guy was a legit swindler. <laughs> the Tinder swindler. Uh, all right. Well, if anyone else is watching, I look forward to your review. I probably I'm deep in the Bill Cosby documentary on Showtime right now. I've watched three episodes and that's quite a show. I might have to check that out. Deep, deep dive into uh, deep dive into old Bill Cosby. John, this show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. Use the promo code ham when you go to Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping. The best, the best in men's grooming at Manscaped.com. You know what I did yesterday, guy? I trimmed up lawnmower 4.0. No for our meeting, deal. clean balls for our meeting. But it was it was actually just for myself. But uh, I noticed you were moving free and easy. Yeah, it was. It, it felt great. Does feel great. And then I also, I think it was last night after a few cocktails. You know, you're just doing a little inventory. You're brushing your teeth. You know, you're uh, using your. I use a water pick to get between the teeth. And then I saw some nose hairs had grown, so I used the uh, the weed whacker. Mm-hmm. And the weed whacker, you can get really aggressive in your nose, and it's awesome. And then yep. no more nose hairs. The That's the right. weed whacker is, I, I I'm biased, but probably the coolest thing I've ever owned for men's grooming. I'm a big besides, fan like, of just the weed the ra- Just besides like a razor. Big fan of the weed whacker, John. Right now, twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Ham, and of course the flagship, the flagship, the Patrick Mahomes, the is it crude the the center of the offense, the point guard, the box and one, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower. You're not making a mess. It has a wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic induction, which can help your battery length last longer. Plus, it has the Manscaped Advanced Ceramic Blade with skin-safe technology. It is the lawnmower 4.0. And it's available to you at manscaped.com. Promo code ham for 20% off and for shipping. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Tell your friends. Promo code ham. Uh, so much to dive into, John. But today we start with something that uh, I, we got tagged in a lot of these tweets over the last, I'd say, we're recording this midday afternoon Thursday. We are live on YouTube to everybody. Hello on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast, hello to you too. The mailbag will return soon. So please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. In that review, leave us a question. And in that question, also tell us your favorite bar. We hung out at two, by the way, in Danville on Wednesday. Norm's, Norm's place. And we had a good time at Primo's. Primo's, yeah. Talking Cal Poly football. Talking talking practice squad guys on the Rams. I mean, we had Joe Mixon, news to us, a Bay Area guy. I mean, maybe I knew that, but I had completely forgotten that if I didn't know it. I'm with you. So can't tame me on the stream says y'all see those Trey Lance videos. Six letter says, let's get down to the juicy Lance practice squad videos. Sway says the throws. Yes. Lance leaks, John uh, Javier Vega on the internet with a uh, variety of Trey Lance practice video throws on Twitter. They blew up, made it all the way to Bleacher report. And so he I'm catch sure that millions of views, a little behind, uh, which is that river, yeah. river Craycraft. <laughs> Miami Dolphins, you're talking about this throw here? I think he might drop this, but that was a dime. Yeah, hard to see. We don't get the video all the way through the completion of that the That was catch. a little Mahomes, but that was behind him. Yeah. Uh, we that, look, looked, that looked a little Mahomesy right there, going to the left. A little Yeah, a lot of these are going to the left. Remember, going to the left are the Trey Lance highlights. Going to the left was the Trey Lance highlight in his pro day. Going to his left was the Trey Lance highlight when we went to when we saw him at camp. Going to his left, we actually, I thought one of his best throws this year was going to his left, although the the deep ball to Debo got a lot of attention too. Um but those videos made what what do those videos mean, John? What do these mean to us? And I think there are I think part of the reason Javier the part, like the context of this for people who don't follow the Niners or Trey Lance, the context of this right now is the is the debate kind of started with Joe Montana at the Super Bowl, which is is Trey Lance ready? So I think that's part of the backdrop of why these videos are relevant today. To me, these videos do nothing for me. And I'm not trying to poo-poo and make that they're not fun. Because anytime watching guys with elite talent at whatever they're doing, 
right? There, there was a Mike Trout video recently that went viral of just him hitting in a batting cage, and it was like, God damn, this guy's got fucking power. Part of that video was somebody said, my friend needs some help with his swing. Any tips? And people not realizing it was Mike Trout were like, yeah, he dropped his shoulder too much. <laughs> yeah, but it happens with Bryce Harper. It happens in the offseason in the, in the NBA when a dude's working, and you're just like, damn, this guy doesn't miss. In football, when you have an enormous arm and you're athletic, practice videos look awesome. They look sweet. Do you know what doesn't have that much in common with an NFL game? What we're witnessing right there. That, that to me, is like less than Pro Bowl-level movement. That doesn't, like, part of the reason they drafted him number three overall, the reason it was so controversial, it was like, you got to take him or Fields over this Mac Jones guy, right? Because what they possess, these physical attributes, are what you need to mold. And then we watched him play, and he needs a lot of work. And there's nothing wrong with that. Any quarterback worth their salt at 21, 22 years old that hasn't played needs a lot of work. But to me, this shows... Now, obviously, you and I have been to practice before in training camp and in OTA, so we had seen his physical attributes. So it's... I get it if you are an insurance salesman and, you know, you the only time you've ever seen him play are those two games. It's cool. I'm not disputing that it looks good. It should look good, right? I mean, he has elite physical attributes, but... Part of it is like checking out of runs when they have too many guys in the box, understanding where the defense is, being accurate on what Chris Ballard shit on Carson Wentz for, the layup throws. Like you need to hit layups. Like it's all that type of stuff that he's just going to have to rep it out through training camp live. Like to me, training camp when you're live is a much quicker pace than that. And definitely the preseason games will be good reps for him. And obviously then just building on the regular season games. But, but to me, that like, he got dra- he got tr- they traded three number one picks for an elite talent, physical attributes, and that's what he's got. He's got some elite physical attributes. Yeah, it it like I said, it comes at a time when there's a debate about if he's ready. And I think the answer to that, here's what I love about the is he ready thing, which we'll be talking about for months. The answer to that question is yes and no. Not to uh do the old pillow sit, John, and take two sides of one story. But the answer is no. He's not it's, ready to like you got splinters in your ass right now from sitting on the fence. Yeah, you'd make a good radio PD, Middlecoff. Um, that's an old JB one. But, of course, he's not ready to be Patrick Mahomes, but he is ready to play and then take on some of the development that comes with playing. If we went and got an anonymous straw poll or anonymous poll of all the 49ers players and said, all right, guys, is Trey Lance ready? I think we'd have several players say No. I think we'd have a bunch of players say yes. And I think here's what the no, if we sat down with the no's and did a focus group, like, well, what does this mean? They'd say, well, he doesn't know the plays as well as I know them. He doesn't know the plays as well as Jimmy Garoppolo knows them. He doesn't know what to do in all of these things. uh, When all these things happen during a game that are not part of what you learn in practice, you just have to figure it out on the fly, right? Things we've talked about. Garoppolo's done a few times pre-snap. There wasn't a motion. Use check yells at a guy. Jimmy snaps it anyway. What do we do? Right? So, I think the answer can reasonably yes and reasonably be yes. It is time for him to play so that he can be ready to be what they drafted him to be. That I think is the simplest way to do it. And I think part of what they need him to be, what they want him to be, is the guy that makes these sweet plays in practice, which by the way, we've seen some of them in person. We saw some of them in the games. We all saw some of them in the games. And I think the games were a great example of where his ceiling is. And the fact that there are still things to to learn, still things to get better at. But I think we can agree he needs to play. He's reached the point where he needs to play in order to really figure some of that stuff out. Because all this practice stuff's all well and good. If you're doing this stuff for three years, no one's ever hitting you. Then how are you really getting better? Forget about the fact that the real bullets in terms of just the speed of the game, the play clock's going, the play clock's going, the play clock's going. Well, one, one thing he's going to bring to the table that Jimmy Garoppolo did not bring to the table is the stuff outside the context of the play, like Cousins can't do, right? Jimmy can't really do, even though he's a better athlete than Cousins as he tried, and they've led to picks when he rolls out, is the rollout shit and throw deep bumps. You know, that is something Mahomes and Allen have really made a career off doing. But they're able to do that because they do all the basic stuff well. And that, to me, is where, you know he's going to have to do the basic stuff well, and that's just, we won't know until he continues to rep through that and play it, right? Because to me, if he does the basic stuff well, he's accurate on slants. He's accurate, you know, on the quick outs. He's 
He knows defenses when to check in and out of with the help of his coaching staff and the guys on the field. The, the extra added stuff is why he can become a really good player. But you have to do the basic stuff well, which in the history of football, a lot of guys struggle with the basic stuff, right? It's why we don't have that many good quarterbacks. That's why most quarterbacks don't do the, are very inconsistent with the basic shit. It's why Carson Wentz has kind of fallen off a cliff. It's not because he can't throw a sweet ball 80 yards down the field. It's because on just a basic out route, he might airmail you or skip it or throw a pick on a on a on a in-breaking route because he reads the wrong coverage. Yeah. That is the stuff that until he really plays, you just will not know. And I think the the truth is we spend so much time talking about the very, very top of trying to find the Mahomes to Josh Allen. The fact is there's not that many guys that can do the basic stuff and have the minimum physical requirements, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo is a positive outlier in that he can do the basic stuff and he has the minimum physical requirements. Like his arm is strong enough. It's not as strong as you'd want it to be. He's not as dynamic as you'd want. He's not what you drafted number three. Trey Lance has the potential to be that. But the fact is there's not 30 guys who have the physical basics and can do the other stuff well enough. There's not 30 of them on earth. Forget about 20 of them or 15 of them that can do it like at the high, high, high level, right? The quarterback tier thing is always interesting because there's all these tiers. And really, each tier breaks down into like, what, at most four guys? <laughs> yeah, sometimes like, the top two have, you know, nine or ten max. Th- there's not there's not that many tiers, and there's not that many guys on each tier. And what you're trying to do is find the best of the best. Jordan on the stream says, you guys both said we haven't heard any whispers about Trey looking good in practice. Well, here you go. I, we say a lot of stuff, so I, if you if you can, I don't think that's been part of our discussion, though. Although, no, no, we we had said that it's a little weird that it hadn't been leaking out through the season, and now it kind of has when people start oh, shitting gotcha. on him. But but I, Kyle did say at the end of the year he had a great, he was good. Remember? Yeah, and, and Fred Warner and Fred other Warner guys had said it. it. And we, and we I think my conspiracy theory was that they knew Jimmy was injured, not going to be able to play, so he kind of went to one of his main leaders. That like you wouldn't expect Fred to say that, and he kind of went out of nowhere. But ultimately, this guy, here is when you just look at from a physical uh, trait standpoint, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll even throw like Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, who, you know, put up better stats than Jimmy. All those guys are in that tier of like 10 to like 16. You know, they kind of go back and forth in that area. All those guys, big downfalls are that they're hit or miss with the with the basic stuff. Jimmy's hit or miss with the basic stuff. Dak down the stretch of the season was like, he just wasn't hitting basic routes. Well, then they actually don't bring the I can roll out, make a guy miss, throw it 50 yards down the field. So they don't even have that. So right. if, if you're if you're Trey Lance and you can just be Jimmy at the basic stuff, which is average, and then also bring the added element of being explosive, like that to me is like where Stafford is. He and he's probably better at the at the basic stuff, but it's the added explosive shit. So when you add that element, it's like holy shit. It's like if you're a good shooter, but you're a marginal athlete, you can only be so good in the NBA. Well, if you're a good shooter and you're an exceptional athlete, it's like, holy shit, good luck. Or you're an exceptional athlete and a marginal shooter. Exactly. You you can, but you you eventually hit a ceiling, right? Well, you have to be able to do something else. If you play great defense because you're an exceptional athlete and are a marginal shooter, that can work, right? But quarterback, you don't get to play defense. I think part of why Lamar took a huge step is he became a pretty accurate quarterback. Yeah, you you have to be. You have to be that. Well, I mean, I think that leads us right to uh, another part of this conversation, which is something that Peter King said to Matt Mayoko on his podcast on NBC Sports Bay Area. This transcription comes from Niners Nation. We I know those be, two guys. <laughs> I would be surprised if Trey Lance in 2022 isn't as good or better than Garoppolo was in 2021, said Peter King. I'll repeat it. I will be surprised if Trey Lance in 2022 isn't as good or better than Garoppolo was in 2021. Having said that, I think that Garoppolo was better than he will ultimately get credit for. So for reference, last year, just by the numbers, you know, and so much of this is more than just the box score, Garoppolo was a 68% passer. He threw 20 touchdowns. He threw 12 interceptions. Okay, those are just the, the basic basics. So 68%, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Trey was 58%, five touchdowns, and two picks in his in his well, he appeared in six games, but yeah, I mean, I I would imagine obviously, you know, Jimmy missed 
two two games, right? Two and a half. So he start only started fifteen. If Trey Lance starts seventeen games, that pick number will probably be twelve range, twelve to fifteen range. I, well, I think the pick. Wouldn't you? I mean, John, if you told me, I mean, twelve feels like well, a major win. <laughs> and I'm not even being critical. I'm just saying, if you told me twelve right now, I'd, if you told me what number, what's the highest number I can tell you Trey Lance interceptions that right now you would take it? You go take it. How many Stafford throw this year? Seventeen, I think. Yeah. The thing he balanced it out with was 41 touchdowns, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, it's one of those, Trayvon Diggs give up a lot of yards. Well, yeah, he had 11 interceptions. So he gave his offense 11 more possessions. Stafford was like, yeah, I threw 17 picks. I was more than a two-to-one ratio for my touchdowns. So it's because on the flip side, I'd go, if you would take right now, Trey throws 30 touchdowns. You'd be like, take it, right? But 30-16 is, you know, it's good. If I told you 30 and 13, would you take that? In a fucking New York minute. right, so the number probably then feels like it's closer to what twenty three and twelve, but that's where Jimmy Garoppolo is not throwing many touchdowns. I, I I do think it's fair to say that number, the interceptions are going to be high. It easily could be fifteen, sixteen. I I do think it's fair to say that touchdown could be thirty. I mean, he threw five touchdowns in his limited playing time. And it was just explode. Like he he will push the ball down the field. Right. And one thing's clear is Kyle will call balls to go down the field with him. He did in the preseason. And here's the other element, I guess, that Trey brings that Jimmy doesn't. Could he give you three or four rushing touchdowns just as a as a goal line option? I don't think he'll be like a ten touchdown guy, but he I think five max somewhere two to three low end. I mean, Jimmy gave you three this year, by the way, career high. Um, I do think you, you just nailed something though. Not all touchdowns are created equal. Like a 48 yard touchdown throw where the ball travels 40 yards is different than a touchdown throw on second and goal from the three. Right. Yeah. And we checked the box score. Like Jimmy had a lot of big throws yak, but I think like if you give me a touchdown throw on third and three, that's a 40 yard touchdown throw or a first and 10 after a change of possession, that's a 40 yard throw over the top. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you can throw 20 touchdowns, and if you have some of those, that's, in some ways, you're a more dangerous passer than a guy that has 28, but only get you know gets his touchdowns closer to the goal line. Eight touchdowns are a big, a lot more. Understood, but what I'm saying is those goal line touchdowns can be made up for in the run game. 20 touchdowns to me is pretty shitty. I, pick whatever number you want. It's not about what number I'm picking. My point is just the numbers are not all equal. If, if you can score a touchdown from far away, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like hitting a home run. Like Stafford, I could, Mahomes, Allen, all those guys. Yeah, you could score 100 runs. I could score 100 runs. But if 40 of your runs that you scored as a baseball player came on the home runs you hit and 40 of my runs came just from being on base when you hit the home run, did we score the same? Our, our runs did not come from the same no, I, I agree. Because par- part of the 49ers offense was predicated, unless Debo took a screen or a run to the house, on long drives. So it is... Part of like Andy would be like, yeah, we can have long drives. We can also have three-play touchdown drives. Josh yeah. Allen would be like, yeah, we can have a 10-play drive. We can also have four plays and score a fucking touchdown from the 45-yard line. And yeah. the Niners did not have that in the bag unless 19 pulled plays out of his ass or they called a trick play, right? That That's the element. But part of it, then on the flip side, is like, well, is Trey against good teams early on in his career just going to be consistently able to lead long drives? And that's where Kyle and the coaching staff come in with the running game. That's where the Niners are uniquely equipped. Like, to me, the difference with Stafford throwing the 41 touchdowns, I bet McVay would tell you, well, in a perfect world, Cam Akers healthy. We'd like to be more consistent running the ball. We put him just, we were constantly throwing, throwing, throwing because we were not a good rushing team, right? It, it does help when you can run the ball. It's why the Packers were so elite during the regular season is because they could run the ball and Aaron was so potent and they didn't turn the ball over. Like that's that's the highest end of an offense, but realistically, you just want to have a running threat. And Kyle will always have more than a running threat. He wants to run the ball, but then also have explosive play potential. Yes, throwing I, not not on screens because <laughs> it felt like the Niners' explosive plays were on screen passes. I love we all love a good fifteen play drive, but sometimes you need to score in four plays. Right, you don't want every play to have to be. The Princeton offense. That's what I keep saying. Like everything was, it had to be seven back cuts and a perfect bounce pass through three defenders. It's like sometimes you just want to hit somebody over the head with a dunk because some dude went one on one and 
took the ball down right down the lane, right? And that's what a, a quarterback who's dynamic can do. Sabrina on the stream says, Kyle Shanahan got Mullins 4,500 yards, which is 11th all-time in 49ers passing history. He's now a practice squad QB. Trey will be fine. He did get 4,500 yards and is, you know, two two years. It's split among two years. It wasn't a one year. He also was 22 touchdowns. No, 25 touchdowns and 22 picks. Who is this? Uh, we're talking about Nick Mullins, John. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Mullins. But I think the I think the point is fair, and it's why I said last year going into the year, if all the rookies play, Trey will have the best year because he's playing for Kyle Shanahan, and I still believe that Kyle Shanahan gives him the best chance to succeed. I agree, and to be better than Jimmy. Like, you know, uh, what does that mean? It's like the Stafford Hall of Fame debate. We can all have different rules for Stafford for what makes a Hall of Famer. There's that's why Hall of Fame debates are uh, a go on for a long time is because there's no set number of rules. It's it, I think this makes him a Hall of Famer. I think this makes him a Hall of Famer. So, you know, what makes him, quote unquote, better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Does he have to be a 68 percent passer to be better than Jimmy? Not necessarily. Does he make the offense more explosive? Part of it is you'll know it when you see it. Right. Well, you would take got to be healthy, though. Number one, John, he's got to be healthy. You would take 63 percent and 32 touchdowns. Right. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, what, like, to me, to me, the numbers. I, you know, I, I'm about thirty. Like, I think that's what they're shooting for. So, Josh Allen's first year as a starter, and this is not a great comparison because Josh started a, you know, he started a bunch of games. And Diggs year. wasn't there. Remember, their passing game was not. But he was twenty touchdowns, nine picks, fifty nine percent. Like, I think sixty three would even be pretty. I, 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 here's my problem with that comp, though, is. He was probably worse at the same time than than what we just saw of Trey. And the Niners team is way better than that team offensively. Understood. They have way so he Bills did, did that go ten and six, but he threw twenty touchdowns with like who are his wide receivers? The Niners have Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle right up. He didn't get Knox was young. They hadn't got Diggs yet. They signed Cole Beasley, I think, the following year or two years later. Like they 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 reloaded. Oh, or they didn't reload. They they just they John loaded. Brown was his leading receiver. So I that that to me that actually looking back is like we should have seen this coming. What How the did they go ten and six with that? Because well, the defense was good. The defense was good. Yeah, yeah. But don't you think like looking back is like God? Josh was doing a lot with a little, and he didn't even know what he was doing really yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was three th- twenty touchdowns and nine picks was pretty. Imp- that's pretty impressive for a young Big quarterback. Time. Just the ratio. Yeah. So division's kind of the I bet the Jets sucked. The Dolphins probably sucked more than they've been the last couple of years. Patriots were good. It's weird. That division division's bizarre. It's a weird place. All right. What about this, John? So here's another part of this conversation. Somebody uh so this went up, Action Network tweeted, and I'll, I'm gonna zoom in on it here on the YouTube, but uh Action Network tweets. Trey Lance, the most popular bet for 2022 NFL MVP with 37% of the tickets and 53% of the dollars wagered. Actually, it's from Caesar Sports. He went from uh, plus 20,000 to plus 7,500. Look at the first reply to the tweet. At Guy Haberman, at John Middlecoff, at Jack Hammer, at Caesar Sports, at Action Network. Sprinkle a little something. Eyeball, eyeball emoji, question mark. <laughs> so what, this seems insane to me, but I guess it's a long shot because it's a long shot. Well... There are. This would be absolute insanity a decade ago. You would never bet on a young guy winning an MVP this fast. There are some recent examples of Patrick Mahomes, his first year starting, which was the second year in the league, MVP. Lamar Jackson, his second year in the league. Now, he had, remember, started like they benched Flacco midseason. He came in. They started being good. The next year, he wins the MVP. Uh, maybe it was his third year. I think Lamar won it a second year. But just either second or third. Like, he won it fast. I mean... So young guys can win it. Now, I would say those two guys, Mahomes was so good passing immediately. Lamar's element of running was just in a completely different stratosphere of Trey Lance. So You're two on Lamar. It, it feels like a pretty – that'd be one of the greatest – like think of what him winning the MVP, both those two guys did for their franchises. It was like these guys just fucking it, – it took John Harbaugh – DaCosta, Andy Reid, and Brett Veach to a different stratosphere of like, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. You know, it it would just, 
it would be more powerful than anything that John Lynch and Kyle have done, like all their playoff victories, winning the NFC a couple years ago, like that moment to validate. Because the quarterback, what it what it signifies is like you got your future. Like this is a fr- and it really is for both those two teams. Like it changed the Chiefs franchise. Lamar Jackson, like it took him getting hurt this year. The, the Ravens are in the playoffs if he doesn't get his ankle rolled up on right. Like it's just the, every year people are going to pick the Chiefs and the Ravens to be in the playoffs. Now, they have good teams and good coaches, but first and foremost, why do people believe in both the franchise? Because they're quarterbacks. Yeah. I I think what's funny about – I was thinking about this with the Chiefs the other day. Long way to go. How old is Mahomes? 26, 27? Yeah, pretty – I mean, he's he he was defending his wife last night, I saw. We're in his prime. I didn't see that. But uh, She made a funny face at a Texas Tech game, and then everyone acted like he hates her, and then he come out and be like, you guys are making stuff up on the internet. He's 26. Doesn't turn 27 until, like, week two. Yeah, okay. So here's the deal. And this kind of goes back to Russell, although Russell Wilson's never received a uh, <laughs> an MVP vote. You only uh, get one vote, though, right? You don't do places. And he's never got one. It's pretty crazy. Never got one. Uh, but, you know, I think one, one thing that happens with them happened with, uh, with Kansas City. It's like, you just think they're going to win three championships. And they've won one. And that's fantastic. And we just assume they're going to win. Yeah, they just, they'll win two more at least, right? You just don't know. It's hard. These things, they're Look at really the Packers hard and Rodgers. Look at the Packers and Rodgers. Four. <laughs> MVPs. MVPs. <laughs> yes, one <laughs> Super Bowl. And it's just, and think, just and, think, and think about this guy. All of his MVPs came after a Super Bowl championship. Every single one. I think 11, 14, and then two the last two years. So he... He won a ring, and then he won the four MVPs. So you, yeah. you'd be like, well, he was better after they won the Super Bowl, right? He's a better player now than when he won the Super Bowl. He would tell you that. Everyone in the league would tell you that. He can't fucking win. It's crazy. But it's crazy, I, here's, but- the, here's the thing. They won it on their rookie contracts. I, I'm saying Mahomes, right? Yeah, yeah. It gets harder once you pay the guy. Yeah, because your team gets not as good. Well, it just takes up a huge salary cap spot. Right. Um, yeah, it'd be incredible. But here's the thing. Here's the good news on the Niners. They don't need him to be that necessarily, right? What Lamar Jackson was, his MVP season. I mean, what was he, like 39 touchdowns, six picks? I mean, it was outrageous. His, his, his Not rushing even rushing. Was incre- yeah, his rushing was incredible. Did he rush for 1,000? Was that part of the deal? My- I, I just thought I his uh, 2,000. So regular season, he was... Uh, 15 games, he was 36 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He ran for 1,000 yards and 7 touchdowns. Didn't 1,000, I'm low-balling him, 1,200 yards. <laughs> and then he ran for 1,000 the next year. He and averaged then, 7 yards a carry. John, hurt Lamar last year, ran for 767 yards. One thing I think Lamar has established himself as, as someone who was inaccurate in college, it, it felt like when he played the better teams, He's 64%. Like his accuracy has not really has been his downfall. I mean, his down he hasn't really had a downfall. I mean, he's been very successful. His downfall this year kind of he got and I'd say it was a little bit of a freak injury when he got sacked on the one play and it didn't look that bad and it turned out he's had a high ankle sprain and couldn't come back. Yeah, I mean the downfall is not what I'm about to say is not what you're talking about. Not winning in the playoffs has been kind of the issue, right? Not kind of yeah, it has been one one game in 3 years. Yeah. So, that's that's the problem, but I mean you know, we'll see. Does Rodgers play for the same team again next year? Uh, when you start thinking MVP conversation, does Russell have a comeback and go play for the Giants? Right? Just think about the MVP candidate. Stafford is going to be an MVP candidate coming into the season next year. So, I mean, these guys are – being a quarterback puts you in the top half of just candidacy. You, you, you would say it's pretty wide – like there's going to be it's pretty wide open next year. Like, is this Josh Allen's time? Joe, Can Mahomes Joe Burrow, get a swag back? Herbert. Joe Burrow. I'd bet no on Herbert, even though I love Herbert. So do you. Is it, just a, is it just a quarterback award? Yeah. I mean, who's the last non-quarterback to win it? Sean Alexander in a split? I, I was thinking just the more you think about Cooper Cup season, I, he deserved some big-time award. I know the Offensive Player of the Year, but, I mean, that to me is a little more niche I'm glad that he won the Super Bowl MVP because, like, you could argue he was the MVP of the season. Well, how do are they them without him? No, but but it's like well, they're not them without Stafford either, and quarterback's hard to play. 
was Cooper Cup going to be a Hall of Famer? I, I've yes. never heard anyone bring that up, and it's like, why don't oh, yeah. we talk enough about this guy being? Well, because early, but I mean, he keeps it up. He will be a Hall of Famer because his numbers will just be his numbers are going to be ridiculous if he keeps it up with the Super Bowl. And he's MVP, got a Super Bowl multiple and, Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, we'll see. No, I'm saying he's been to multiple Super Bowls, so he's like been a part of winning. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Last last non quarterback, L. Ladanian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson in 06. Oh, I'm sorry, Adrian Peterson in 12. Peterson in 12. My mistake. Yeah, carried what do you have? Two thousand yards, carried Christian Ponder in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. So, um, been a while, and I don't, you know, I don't. <laughs> Adrian, you know, we're, we're not going back. Yeah, Adrian's a whole separate thing. But seventy-five plus seventy-five hundred. Not touching. Pl- wait, seventy-five to one, or that seems a little crazy to me. Those odds. You don't think they're long enough? No. Yeah, I agree. I think it's at two hundred to one. Even you know, take a shot. But yeah. that, that to me feels to fair. Yeah. Yeah. You want to put a hundred bucks? Okay. I but. wonder if they drop because a couple people start dabbling, and then all of a sudden, like you know, we can't afford to take a couple hundred dollar hits and pay out twenty grand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hundred dollars uh, pace. You know, seventy five. Seventy five hundred. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, John, now here is what Bill Simmons had to say on his podcast. The Brady part is what's most relevant. I actually didn't mean to leave the Trey Lance part in, but it's here, so we can address it. Ready. Trey Lance isn't ready. He wasn't <laughs> We saw nothing last year that thinks he's ready. And also, like, if you really read that Instagram post carefully, it was a goodbye to Tampa. And this is yeah. why I went all in on this the first couple weeks in January. I think he was done in Tampa. I think guys like LeBron... Brady, whoever they look at, they, they have the ability to kind of sniff their team. And, and if they don't totally like the smell, they're out at this point of their career when they're just about winning titles. I think he knew Tampa, that was a wrap that they, they were not winning a title in Tampa. So I'm either not playing anymore, or maybe something will happen with San Francisco, or maybe, you know, I'll be an owner in Miami, but I think it's one of those two things. I really do. So to recap, 
it's either he's part owner of the Dolphins or he plays for the 49ers. When I saw that BR thing come down, I'm like, I hope I didn't send you a text that you didn't see. No, I kept an eye on it. That was just Kevin O'Connell. Uh, yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, yeah. <clears throat> I To me, the, the Dolphins thing seems like a pretty big stretch. But did you read, did you go back once you heard this and read or at least just kind of go over? Did you feel like that was what he was doing? Because when I originally read it when he retired, it was bizarre because I think everyone had the same take. Like, I get he said goodbye a couple years ago, but he's a fucking patriot. This Tampa thing, while they won a championship, he's thanking the dude cooking him, you know, salads and Jason Light's cousin and like... The, the, the offensive quality control guys and the equipment dudes that he used to like shower with. It was like, this is a little over the top. I, I felt like when he left the Patriots, he didn't think that many people and he knew him for 20 years. It felt he went over the top to thank those guys. And maybe he truly does. And then I also counter that with people forget a lot of people didn't want him. Kyle said, no, the Raiders kind of didn't really feel like a lot of people shorted him. Right, yeah. He was a stock, and they shorted him like it's going to be over. And it turns out he wasn't. So I wonder if just as a person, he feels like these were the one motherfuckers who were like, Tom, we'll not only take it, we'll get James to the curb. Like, come on, what do you need? You want us to go land Antonio, Gronk? They, they're all your buddies are welcome. That was the only place that gave him the treatment. I know it's crazy to think two years later because, you know, they, they hosted playoff games. They won the Super Bowl. It was not like that the year which he left the Patriots. No, it wasn't. Right? No, he had just thrown a couple bad. He had just thrown a bad interception, two bad interceptions, a bad interception at the end of the regular season against the Dolphin, and then an interception to end his career in the playoffs. Right? I think it was, to, if I remember correctly, Logan Ryan for the Titans, who also played for the Patriots. It was like, look, yep. wow, this is this is how it's going to end. Yep. So his IG post was to my Bucks teammates, then to all the Bucks fans, then to the city of Tampa, then to the Glazer family, then to Jason Light, then to my head coach Bruce Arians. Then to all the Bucks coaches, then to every single Bucks staffer and employee. I'm just reading you the first line from every paragraph. Okay, so guy, it was five. It was five Instagram swipes. <laughs> then to Alex Guerrero, then to Don Yee and Steve Dubin, then to my parents and entire family, and lastly to my wife and my children. Look, Tom Brady retired, and I think Tom Brady retired to retire. Papers in? That's always like, are his papers in? <laughs> Good question. I think he retired to retire. And I also think he might come back out of retirement. I don't think he retired to like sneak away. Does that make sense? I think he retired with the intention to retire. Maybe just maybe because Giselle wanted him to retire. I don't know. But I think, do you agree with that? That if he comes back, the retirement was a retirement and then he changed his mind? Or do you think this is part of an exit side door? I haven't thought too much about that. I, I don't know. That's a good, yeah, I'm not trying to sit the fence here, right? I think it would be a little weird, and we were talking. It's better about to not yesterday. have to not know and think about it than to spew. You could convince me his wife forced him into this. He did not want to do this. I mean, he was. Was it you telling me, or did they mention this on the podcast? Like, it's pretty clear he was a top two or three player in the league last year at his position. I think PFF overall, and listen, I'm not the biggest PFF guy, but just overall in the league, he was the ninth best individual player. That includes like the Aaron Donalds, the Trent Williams. His numbers were fantastic. He was good. And then you even watch that last game. You're like, maybe it is time. And then the game ends. You're like, he still got it. You know, he fucking throws the touchdown to Mike Evans. It just felt like I wouldn't bet against this guy. Yeah. He is. He's better than 95% of the league at his own position. And just as a player, like his value, given how important that position is. If this would be. If he wasn't Tom Brady and just was like uh, <clears throat> Matt Stafford or whoever and just retire, it would be insane. People like, you know, at 35 years old, like, what are you doing, bro? You're, you're a dominant player. I, I feel like it's not, <clears throat> no one's pushing back on that just because like we're kind of, I'm not necessarily, but I, I, I understand like people are like, I'm tired of Tom. He's 44, but he's still fucking good. It did occur to me that the best way to get Tom back would be to get to float it out there that, you know, Belichick has been telling people privately that he thinks Tom's a quitter. <laughs> that would be a good one. Right. Like, like Belichick thinks Tom took the easy way out. Yeah. Like that. Like, <laughs> like I it's, think it's still in there. Look, he's tweeting about Stafford drink water. He's tweet. Oh, Super Bowl. Like he's Tom did not just put the phone away and go off to college. Would you see, you see the day of the Super Bowl? He just quoted it and said, shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. I think, how could you, I don't know. What was the the story on Peyton Manning, right? No one wanted him after that year with his arm shot. Like he's like, you know, he doesn't really just want to walk away. So he kind of like asked around and everyone's like, yeah, we're good, Peyton. You know, you're welcome to come like uh, be an exec, but no one would take him. If Tom Brady, and we've been saying this for a while, under no circumstances can Kyle and John Lynch tell him no. It's just not possible. They, they, they could not. Now, ultimately, they could if they did it, and then Trey Lance was like an MVP candidate. But if he was just average, they would get fucking rightfully destroyed even if they won 10 or 11 games. Like, what are we doing? you got to sign him. But he has to do that. That's to me. It's like, is he still kind of missing it, but he knows it's just like it's over? That to me is he's kind of in this weird no man's land. He's Is a story going to come out over the next couple weeks they're like, you know, Tom's a little unsure. And he's talked with Giselle, and he's like... The thing that makes it complicated, though, for the 49ers, which by far is the only team that makes sense because they would be immediately them, the Rams, and if Rodgers were to stay, the three teams that would be picked to win the Super Bowl, or I mean, to represent the NFC. He's are, Is he going to move his family out west? Is this going to be strictly, I want to do this for my parents. They get to see me in the games. They still live around here. But a big reason why he stayed on the East Coast, at least supposedly, was because of his, you know, his first child that lives Bridges, in New York. Bridges but part York. of it was did that Tom wanted to come here to the Bay, and Tom, Kyle told him no, so he was prepared to do that. Yeah, I do think he could justify it in his mind pretty easily. Like this is for my parents. Yeah, and I don't think his salary is an issue. If it came down to Tom wants oh, to no. play, and the only thing stopping him is the Niners can only afford to pay him ten million dollars. If that's the only thing that were stopping him, he would take the $10 million. If, if I'm saying if he wanted to play. Now, there is, like, you know, the the Patriot offense. I'm sure there are some similarities, but, you know, listen to that book, it, it clearly is its own little Tom Brady creation. Then they had yeah. the Arians offense, which is nothing like Kyle's, and they kind of morphed it in. If he did come play for Kyle, like, there is some just, you know, it'd be difficult to just, hey, man, I'll see you July 28th. I'm not saying I'd let him do that, but it does complicate just... Sure. And I saw someone say, and it makes sense, like the one thing Tom does hang his hat on is he always feels behind the eight ball. He's not... He sat out the years in the Patriots because like the OTAs, he knows the offense. And even the first time with Arians is OTAs got canceled, remember, because of COVID. And the second year, like they had already known the offense. But it... I would kind of expect him if he did come back and did go to the 49ers to like show up in May and June just to work. Just like, I don't know. I want to meet Debo and Ayuk. Right? Trey's got to teach him the offense. <laughs> yeah. Do you bring, do you bring Gronk? Y- yes, you do. Yeah. And teach you bring Gronk. Edelman's like, I'm back boys. <laughs> uh, here's the, can I, the other thing in the Simmons. Cause I, I, I think he I, legitimately like had a bad injury. Would he be? Yeah. I'd take him too. Done. Kyle's yeah. like, could he come back? <laughs> I'd be like, Kyle, the one guy Kyle wants. Receiver coach. I I did what you did and what, of course I did. And of course you, of course you did. I totally dismissed the Dolphins part of that. And the Dolphins thing is like, what, what is Bill talking about? Where did he get this from? Sometimes magic is about making you look at one hand when the other hand that everyone's dismissing is the real story. And uh, I had this guy, Jeff, start sending me these messages. He's like, the Dolphins thing is not a joke. Him becoming a part owner of the Dolphins. He starts sending me these pictures of like Tom's Kentucky Derby. He's like, you know who that person is right there in the background? Steven Ross. That's Bruce Beal. That's the other Dolphins owner. Him and him and Tom are tight. Well, who, wh- and what then was he the deal me- in the Brian Flores, right? In the harbor. Didn't he want him to go talk to, him, to go Tom talk Brady? To him. It might not have been Jeff Ross. It might have been Bruce Beal. And then there's some he sent me these other stories from over the last month of just like these couple random, like maybe it was like a Tony Pauline tweet or something else. Or, like just Tom and the Dolphins ownership group, blah, blah, blah. Now, Bill says Tom's going to buy the team and then in five years become the majority owner. Like, I don't, you have to have the money, but Tom becoming a partial owner of the Dolphins, I don't know. But maybe they're like, Bill, it, did Bill just I, I make think, that up? I, I don't think it's crazy that like he does that. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was crazy that in five years, Stephen Ross is like, you get to own the whole thing now. No, I agree. Leave. That was the part I thought was crazy, too. But the point is that I guess this Dolphins thing maybe is somewhat real, and maybe that's how he scratches his itch yeah. of uh, football. I don't know. I've never Unless gotten the sense that Tom wants to be grinding uh, tape. But, yeah, that could no. be the PR thing, too. Like, Tom's in here. Tom's a competitor. Does Derek Jeter own the Marlins, or is he the GM of the Marlins? No, he's like the – I thought he was like the president. Okay, yeah. I don't see Tom doing what – like, Derek Jeter is involved in baseball stuff. Yeah, Derek like, Jeter goes to work every day, I think. 
Yeah, and like as a part of like checking on the minor league guys and like he's the know. CEO and part owner. But he's a very active baseball wise, right? Yes. And, and yeah. who knows? Maybe Tom, a little like Derek, would get the itch once he's around it. Like, I, I want to be involved in the draft. Hey, can I come to the combine and interview some of these guys? Like, I bet Derek, there's parts of that that Derek like likes, gets to scratch his itch, right? Like, I wouldn't discount that part of Tom or Peyton if they did get involved in that type of role. Like, John Lynch is probably someone that always viewed, like, if I could ever make enough money, I could, you know, be a part of an ownership group. Probably realized he couldn't, but he loves being around it and likes the elements of not, you're not going to coach, but he gets to, now he's got to work a lot more than, like, you know, Tom or Peyton technically would as the president slash part owner or whatever. But I, I think once it's in your blood, like, why wouldn't you want to be part of the draft process, right? You know, I mean, that's, I, I think Elway kind of got it. Well, and he kinda, I kind of like it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You kind of like, you don't, here's my thing with Tom, whether he, I mean, I, I hope he comes to the 49ers. I, I truly do. I, I, not that I'm not, not that I'm skeptical. I just, it almost feels too good to be true, but it would be fucking awesome. I do think though, that guys like him and Peyton, the huge part of their love of the sport are like the highs and the lows. It's the lead up. And, you know, you get to do it in a different capacity once you're done playing, if you get involved, you know, whether it's just as simple as like, hey, I could bring something to the table talking to these guys. At least that's what they think. And, you know, at first, you probably think you know more than you do, and then you get burned on a couple guys. Like, I think this guy's going to be a player, and he's terrible. But they would – how would they not want in on that part, especially the draft part? Like, that's isn't that kind of what everyone – like, when I went to Philly, do you know what Joe Banner loved? To be the guy in the draft room. Right, because no one gave a shit. Like, you see, Joe Banner, he just landed this new deal with Budweiser. Like, yeah. you know what everyone cares about? The second round pick. Like, is this That's guy right. any good? That's nobody. Nobody in the Starbucks line asks you about the new endorse, the new uh, sponsorship deal for the stadium. You know where you get no credit is like, yeah, you know, I landed the two hundred million dollar uh, deal for Levi's. It's like, oh, cool. What about Aaron Banks? Is he gonna be a starting right guard next year? Right. right. <laughs> uh, uh, on the stream, uh, Dolphin signed River Craycraft. All right. I do think there's going to be a huge influx, and there has been in recent memory or recent just times in the NFL. The Shanahan people in, in small white. I guess River's not tiny. He's you know probably six he's feet not, tall. Yeah, he's not big. Maybe he's five ten, five eleven. But he, he was right there on the. Uh, he was right there on the um, fumble uh, on the blocked punt, six touchdown. He was right there. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Green Bay Packers expected to hire veteran assistant and former offensive coordinator Tom Clements as their new quarterback coach per league sources. Clements' addition is expected to be welcomed highly by by quarterback Aaron Rodgers as he contemplates his future. All right, quick uh, percentage update. Aaron Rodgers returned to Packers percentage confidence rating. Where are you now? I'm going 40 Packers, 60 Broncos. I'm going 60 Broncos and just, you know, who knows? I gone. Mean, You're going be the 40% yeah. stays, 60% gone. I'm going 52 Packers, 48 gone. I now I now have changed. I've Say that again. 52% chance he's back. I'm over 50% now with this Tom Clements hiring, John. What if what if Rogers called Spanos and said, I want to come there? Do you think they'd even do it or just keep no, it? It's too expensive. Yeah, why would you not just keep your own guy, right? Who's young and cheap. But I'm just saying, even if if the money, whatever, like would you do that? Because the Packers, obviously, if he's like, I'm going to leave, they would gladly do that. But if you're the Chargers, someone DM me that. Like, do you think I'm a diehard Packer fan? Could, you know, maybe the Chargers, now that the Rams won a Super Bowl, they need to gain some juice in the area. I'm like, I would just keep Herbert. And I'm not saying Herbert is as good as Rodgers yet, but just when you think big picture, right? I'll just go with a 25-year-old over the guy that's 37. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, If I, like, I would think of it from a business standpoint. It's like, Herbert doesn't guarantee me a championship, but neither does Rodgers. But what Herbert does guarantee me is competitiveness for the next 12 years. Well, like if maybe were, he wins an MVP. He looks like he could be an MVP. You know, I'm not I'm not saying Steph's career is more impressive than Aaron Rodgers. But would the Memphis Grizzlies trade John Morant, who's, you know, 24, 25, for a 34-year-old Steph Curry? I don't think so, but I think that one's even a little closer than, that, that, than you're Rodgers. You're right. That's, that's not a perfect apples down. You might. You definitely could. Like, if they did, I'd be like, okay. Because so. you're, you're the Warriors. You're like, well, you know, we could extend our... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in any event. Uh, you and I, 
independently had the same reaction on everybody. Everyone's been uh, making fun of the Rams parade attendance. Saw it all over the interweb. Everyone Everybody's making fun of them. I, the last picture I saw looked like there were a lot of people there. Like, were they at the Coliseum? Is that where they were? But along the parade route, there weren't, you know, it wasn't like eight people deep. Like when you and I went to the uh, Warriors, uh, the last Warrior Parade. Was it the last Warrior Parade? No, it was the first ever Warrior Parade. It was, oh, it was the first one? Yeah, it was, oh, that was the first. Uh, we, we were several people deep. We were standing on chairs, you and I. It was sweet, yeah. The smell of uh, of weed was uh, thick. You could cut it with a knife. Uh, you know, I mean, L.A.'s a big place. We didn't just learn today that the Rams have not exactly engendered like a uh, Cowboys-level fan base in Los Angeles. They'll get there. They keep winning. They'll get there. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll get there, but... They don't have fans. Like, we already did. We just talked about it with the Niner Ram game. Like, they're just not that many Rams fans. They're just, they just don't exist. They just do not exist. Now, do they add those with years to go? Like, maybe. Time I think will tell. The, they'll they'll the, keep the, the, the formula is pretty simple. You win a bunch. You win and win and win and win. People think you're cool. People become your fan. Yeah. Now, you're I, right. I mean, I'm not saying the Cowboys, that's extreme, but. Yeah, the Lakers, the Dodgers. I mean, some of the teams in their market, right? You keep winning, you'll get a bunch of fans. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I was surprised to see everyone making fun of them. Like, yeah, we know they don't have that many people. It's like, what, what are we talking about? Let's be like, are you guys surprised that the A's don't have as many fans as the Giants? No, I watch. I don't watch, but I mean, if you turn on A's game, there's 3,500 people there. Like, what, what the fuck are you guys talking? Like, the difference, obviously, football they fill the stadium, but. Like if the Lakers or Dodgers had will like I don't I don't count the bubble I you know I know LeBron does I don't and you could argue I forget sometimes like the Dodgers championship came in the bubble year too right it wasn't they didn't do oh I don't forget a bubble, but the, you know it was a sixty game season uh you know I I view those championships a little different but I a hundred percent do but I'm not an asterisk guy no but they're championships. Like, if I told you the Lakers or the Dodgers win a championship this year, their parade's going to look a lot different. Why? It's a basic numbers game. They have infinitely more fans than the Rams. Just like if the Niners won a championship or the Yankees won a championship or the Cowboys won a championship, Packers won a championship, there are going to be a shitload of people there. I mean, if the Rams won a championship, there might not be as many people. Why? Well, the first, they just moved in. Second, we've been making fun of them that they don't have as many fans. Who's surprised? Not me. It went through downtown L.A., and no one lives there, says Bobby. But but my question would be, like, L.A.'s weird, right? Because it's like, you got downtown L.A., you got Hollywood, then you got the beaches, then you got the O.C., then you got the Valley. Where would be, like, in the Bay Area? Even though the Niners and Santa Clara, they would have to do it in San Francisco, right? right. Just like when the, when the Warriors won it, I guess at the time the chase didn't exist. They did it in Oakland. It was pretty easy. Where's the right place to do it for L.A.? Where would be the right place for the Golden State Warriors? Well, I think if they won it now, they would 100% do it in San Francisco. But I think Steph and Clay and, and Draymond would They might really take push the buses Joe on to, the bridge, come yeah. cruise over to Oakland. It'll be a 12-hour parade. Well, I think I've always thought the reason they still occasionally wear the Oakland jerseys, Joe Lacob, he ain't doing it. It's because the players really put – the moment Steph, Clay, and Draymond and are not on the team, I don't think they'll ever wear those jerseys again. I also think it's just solid for business, like they're throwbacks, kind of. Not really throwbacks because they wore Golden State on the front, but you know what I mean? Yeah, or I so, guess when they put like Oakland, more less the jerseys, the, the throwback Golden State jerseys, and more like Oakland on the floor. I don't yeah, think when they, they do the Lightning Bolt Oakland, Oakland, which is like the old Warrior uniform that never said Oakland on it, but it's like a, it's like a sweet Warriors world redesign. Um, yeah. You know, then it's uh, Stat Boy chimes in, John, like the end of uh, PTI. Jaws 22 years old, says Matt. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an easy trade. God, that's no, nah, it wouldn't. Obviously, you know, Steph Curry's a better player than Job, ja, but that's not even you're right. That's not a fair comparison because Steph is on a is even on a different level than Aaron Stafford. Uh, Stafford's no look pass made uh, the Internet uh, buzz on uh, Monday after the Super Bowl. And then Stafford looking away from the uh, photographer falling and literally breaking. Her, what did she break her back, break her vertebrae, not a vertebrae, a spine, break her spine, yeah. broke her spine. Uh, the the Rams and the uh, and Stafford I think are involved. There's now a GoFundMe. They're paying. They're they're going to cover expenses there. But um, man, I you know what's hard. Here's what's hard. Sometimes it's hard to when something like that happens to like have an opinion on Matthew Stafford 
that's that you can separate what the internet is saying about him from it and just go like, here's what I think. Here's my basic take. I don't make some big judgment about Matthew when I watch that video. I oh, this is all I my simple take is this. I hope if I was in that spot, I would react differently. And I'm sure he probably feels bad about it. I would think if you gave him that scenario again, he'd go, God, I I should react a different way. Yeah, I mean, I at first I was telling you, because I assumed she I don't know why I did this. I, I didn't I hadn't read that she was injured. I just thought that she was okay. Now it's clear she you know, the the distance, you could guess what, eight feet? Right? You fall backwards like that, you know, you land on your back on the concrete. I mean, broke her spine. My my first you know, it's a terrible look when you factor in the injury. The amount of booze all these guys were drinking, it was pretty clear that like Stafford, McVeigh, and the tequila were just completely obliterated. Now, you know, do you judge someone? Like there are just basic human interactions, right? Or just human reactions when you see things. And clearly his wife, who I think it's fair to say probably less intoxicated, just had a normal human like she, she her eyes lit up and she ran toward him. You're right. It's just a, it's a tough, tough look for him when uh, I just wonder, I, I guess, again, I don't know the guy, but everything I've heard about, if he's completely sober, is that, you know, it's just, it's kind of a weird situation, bad look. Uh, again, once you find out she's injured, that's pretty fucking terrible. I like legitimate. It's one thing to like, you know, she's got a bad bruise on her back. I mean, she broke her spine. She's in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Absolutely. I, I, lucky I just, his wife reacted the way she did. Yeah, to me, if you're like, if, he's just Kelly. A, if, if he was just having a beer, but if, what if I told you he had had nine tequila shots, four beers, and fucking had like a breakfast taco? No, you know, I, just, yeah. I, I just don't know. I know. I don't have any interest in like debating it with the internet so much as it's just like, you just, any, I just hope you would react a different way. But um, I, I just think, yeah. I think a lot of the internet is probably underestimating how intoxicated he is. I just yeah, think when you're when you're super intoxicated, I, you're not a normal human. Totally, totally. I hate the phrase. You know, I hate the phrase "bad look" because it's like, well, was it bad or was it good? What was it? But um, yeah, it's just you hope you would react differently. That's as simple as that. And I'm sure. I, mean, he, I think I think the Rams are showing you like they. Yeah. Well, you know, when you have time to think about stuff, it's easier to make the right decisions too. Right. But again, you're not making a normal decision when you're oh. really, really intoxicated. Of course. Of course, but I think you can. I think you can say that, and you can say, "Ah, eh, you would have liked to react differently too." Like to me, both things are true. Yeah, and but that it goes back to my overall take is like you don't react normally when you're super intoxicated to okay, anything. But, but I agree, and then my additional take to that is, but you would hope you'd react differently to that situation. That's all. Am I intoxicated or sober? What? What? what no matter what your mental status, you hope you would react differently. Period. You yeah. could be hammered. You hope you would react differently still. That's all. It's just, I, I just, he, yeah, I don't know. Suspend him for the season, James. That's a good call. Is that Kyle Shanahan's burner? Uh, real quick, John, on the internet, I'm just reading the story. Breaking giant cargo ship, the Felicity Ace, is on fire in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's carrying a cargo of Porsche and VW automobiles. Under ancient maritime law, the crew is safe, by the way. Under ancient maritime law, the ship is now finders keepers. <laughs> now, I don't what? know if that's true, but if you can get there, it's yours. <laughs> Did you see today that the uh, it's called like Oakland Hills? It's like they've played U.S. Opens there. Yeah, before. the clubhouse just burned. It's in Michigan, crown. right? Just burned. I remember it was crazy. Yeah, they've played Ryder Cups there. They've played U.S. Opens there. They played U.S. Amateurs there. The whole thing just burned down. Like all the history. <laughs> I know. That's, That's where like, Oakland University that gets the NCAA tournament, I think, is from. That they went right. once. Isn't that who's the guy that played for the Kings? His dad, I think, is the coach there. Roy, Ray, Ray, Charles? Shooter. No. Allen? Anyway. Uh, John Tiger is back. How back is he in 60 seconds? I don't think he's back at all. I think he's just he's putting on a grave face and saying he's ready to come back, but I don't think he's close to coming back, and I don't expect to see him in a real tournament. As he said, my let's just say my one leg doesn't look like my other leg. I thought it was pretty cool this morning. They had a guy who's died, who, who Charlie is named after, Charlie something. It's like a old school golfer. Uh, and Tiger, 
his son, they gave him an exemption in this tournament, and he teed off this morning, like the first group at Riviera teed off at like 6.30, and Tiger was just there standing yeah. there watching. I thought it was yeah. just a cool picture of him. Just, it was. Yeah, it's, probably nerve-wracking. Like the guy Aaron, oh, it's not Aaron Badley, it's Aaron something else was the guy. Uh, that had the Bever- Beverly, I think his Beverly? last name is. That's yeah. pretty cool. Like you're just the first off the tee and Tiger's just there watching. Shot, 80, shot 82 in dead last, but. I mean, Tiger can't walk full courses. And I saw somebody point out, you know, Augusta's the hardest walk of the four majors, just very yeah. hilly. The the easiest one is, you know, where I think it's his favorite course ever, St. Andrews. It's flat. They're, they're like, could he come back? But you're walking in the game. wind. That's a struggle. Yeah, I don't so, know if that is that great for the stiff back and the leg. I, the four back surgeries at 46 years old. Who knows how old he is when he finally is he going to be back at 47? I, that's true. He's kind of getting, you know, I keep thinking he's 44, but that was when he won the Masters two years ago. And now it's just the years. He's yeah. not that far away from 50. No. Nope. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us today. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. And uh, we will see you soon. Adios. Bye. Pelota. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.